1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Let's pick up this evening in uh, Proverbs 6.2. You know, we're always in Proverbs 18.21 with regard to confession, but chapter 6 and verse 2 is probably just as critical. We left off last time talking about how we are defeated with our own lips. And I don't remember, well, I do, uh, here in just in recent days, being amazed, being in the presence of someone that's, they may be born again, but they're not in a faith environment. It's just astounding how people talk. It's just amazing how people talk about themselves. And if we're defeated as a, as a born-again person, I'm not talking about unsaved people. They're defeated for a lot of reasons. But I'm talking about as born-again people, if we're defeated, we're defeated with our own lips. Too many of God's people have said that they could not, and the moment they said they could not, they were whipped. We've never done anything here without great opposition. If you think the city of Arlington welcomed me with open arms, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I want to sell you. We have not done one thing without a tremendous opposition and uh, but we never talked about how we could not or they wouldn't let us what does they have to do with what we do who is they anyway compared to the greater one who lives on the inside of us Amen? amen too many of God's people have said that they could not And the moment that they said they could not, they were whipped. Too many of God's people have said that they don't have any faith. And then doubt rose like a giant and bound them. People, even God's people, are imprisoned with their own words. When you talk failure, failure will take hold of you and put you in bondage. When you talk lack, lack will take hold of you and put you in and keep you in bondage. When you talk sickness, sickness will take hold of you and hold you in bondage. The Bible says in Proverbs 6.2, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken captive with the words of thy mouth. And of course, you know, in 2021, we're not supposed to trap critters and ever, we're not supposed to admit we ever trap critters and all of that. But anybody who's ever captured or trapped animals knows uh, what he's talking about here. You set a trap. And they get snared. And they can't get out. And that's the way it is with our our mouths and people who have not been taught. All of this goes back to Adam's authority. And I realize that Adam sold us out. He didn't have a moral right to do so, but he had a legal right to do so. I realize he sold us out. And he handed his authority over to Satan. That's why the Apostle Paul in the New Testament calls Satan the God of this world, little G-O-D of this world. I understand all that. But there is a residual 
authority in man. I mean, why are most of the critters on the planet afraid of man? There's a residual element of authority in man. And uh, Sue and I were talking the other day about how the whole world's changed for the worse because when we were starting out, they would fill Reunion Arena or later the American Airlines Center with secular speakers talking about how to have a positive motivational attitude and they would sell out. They would fill it. And even unsaved people were curious about how to have a positive mental attitude and how to maintain a positive mental That's all gone. That's all gone. It's amazing to me. And so on the secular end, I, I mean, I guess it may be out there and I'm not aware of it, but I, I don't know of it. And then when you go to a church and you're looking for some positive word, you know, all you hear is social justice, this, and Marxism, that, and all of that. In other words, there's no answers. And so what you're sitting in tonight is a rare thing because we're teaching the word of God, we're teaching faith, but it is also from a perspective of having and maintaining a positive mental attitude and having and maintaining positive speech. And it's not that we got this out of the PMA world. The truth of the matter is the PMA world ripped it off from the Bible because a lot of those guys were saved and they understood these principles from the word of God. So Solomon says, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken captive with the words of thy mouth. So few of us realize that our words dominate us. Say it out loud. Our words dominate us. Say it again. Our words dominate us. If you're defeated, you're defeated by your own mouth. If you're defeated, you're defeated with your own lips. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. I had a young man, one of those, uh, one of those young people I won to the Lord Sunday. He, he came up to me after the service and he said, he said, he said, you've been preaching the gospel since 1993. I said, no, sir, I've been preaching the gospel since 1973. And he, he looked at me like I was Methuselah. <laughs> and I said, I look pretty good, don't I? He said, yeah. I mean, he was ha having trouble getting his mind around it because Sue and I are constantly meeting people that are younger than us. And they just look terrible. Well, part of that is what's coming out of their mouth. And part of it's what's going into their mouth. But part of it's what's coming out of their mouth. Part of it's what's, and I'm not just talking about food, man. I'm talking about, you know, uh, you know, cigarettes, beer, whiskey. Yeah. We're destroyed. We're, we're, we're taken captive. I like that. Taken captive. It's like an animal getting trapped. And then when the animal gets trapped, the animal doesn't know how to get out. If they don't get saved, they don't get in a word church and they're not taught the word of God, they have no idea how to get free. They're trapped. Amen. You said that you could not, and the moment you said it, you were whipped. If we find ourselves at the bottom of life's ladder, it is because that is all we have believed God for. When we talk fear and doubt, we sink lower and lower. But when we talk faith and victory, we rise higher and higher. 
Say it out loud. When we talk fear and doubt, we, fear we, and sink, doubt. Lower and lower. we sink lower and lower. But when we talk faith and victory, we, victory. We, rise we rise higher and higher. Some of you have been here long enough. You've watched me do this over and over and over. You know, I just stand up. Uh, and a lot of times I don't engineer it. Sometimes I just stand up and say some crazy things in the middle of a message or during an offering time under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But I've, when I was a young man, I would second guess myself. But as I've put on some decades, I've come to realize that the thing to do is to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if some crazy positive thing comes out of your mouth, just stay with it. Because what that is, is that's boldly confessing. And we learn in the Holy Week Revival, Mark eleven twenty two to 24, that I'll have what I say. But what if we crawfish? See, if we crawfish, what does that mean? Go backwards. If we crawfish, well, the Lord wouldn't know what to make come to pass because what we're saying is changing every 24 hours. So as believers, as Christians, we should never talk defeat. We should never talk failure. I mean, even, even if you're in the middle of a bad week, a bad month, a bad quarter, uh, when it comes up in conversation at the house or somebody you love, you trust, I'm not talking about with the world, but even with the world, there's a way to couch it, to spin it. You know how to spin. Everything in 2021 spin. So you know how to spin. You know, say, well, you know, this week's not so hot, but I'll have a great month. Amen. You understand? And to not talk defeat, not repeat defeat. And uh, whatever you do, you know, a lot of times I think guys try and put on a happy face at church, then they go home and they whine and cry to their wife. Man, that didn't work for me at all. <laughs> I remember after I got laid off the second time, we were newlyweds, I, I tried that one time. <laughs> and I said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got laid off the second time here. And Sue put her hands on her hips and she said, well, that's why I married you, Lingerfelt, because I knew you could cut it. And I thought, oh, dear God, there's no sympathy here. I got to go back out and get a third job. So a lot of times men, you know, they try and put on the happy face around the brothers. Then they go home and whine and cry. So it's not, this is not, you understand, confession is not covered by privilege. You know, like legally, you know, what, you, what your wife knows can't be testified to in court. Well, that, that's not what this is because we're, in not, we're not in the court of law. We're in the court of, of God, and our words aren't being evaluated in a court. They're being evaluated by angels, demons, the Holy Spirit of God, all this stuff around us that's unseen. And so we have to be mindful. We have to be careful. And even when a child is facing something in their body or when a child is facing a difficulty in class, we have to be careful how we talk about it. And uh, I stood around out there several years back and a lady came to me with a challenge. She, her child, her little boy, was I think in either K-4, K-5 in public school environment. And... Uh, they said, he's got ADHD, I think they call it, and you need to take him to a doctor. We, you know, he needs the drugs. And I was stunned that she heard me. 
because that's really, for me, a very rare experience. And she said, what should I do? I said, well, I'll tell you exactly what to do. I said, don't take them to a doctor. Get them out of that school. Put them in St. Paul's. And I said, whatever you do, don't feed them sugar for breakfast. No, no, no sugar frosted flakes. No Pop-Tarts. No sugar. And I said, that sounds old school, but I said, feed them some bacon and eggs and a piece of toast and bring them to school. I said, that just, just the protein will chill them out. And I said, I said the, but the problem is, you leave them in that environment, they're going to label them. They're going to insist you take them somewhere. They're going to get that kid on drugs, and he'll be on, on drugs all the days of his life. And I, I'm, I mean, I don't know if she's here watching online, but she may be appalled to hear me say it. I was stunned she heard me and took my advice. I mean, I was just staggered because normally people are like, ah, it's Pastor G, you know. <laughs> and then they go on down the road and do what they were doing in the first place. Amen. But this world, have you noticed this world likes to label people? And, uh, and when we pick up that speech... See, what the world says doesn't have any authority in your child's life, but you're the mom, you're the dad. What you say about your child, that has authority in their life. And then also, the way we're hardwired by God, they're, they're more likely to hear your words, they're more likely to absorb your words as mom and dad than some teacher or some nurse somewhere. So we have to be careful. We've got to be mindful. A lot of, a lot of people... See, the point is not that you're snared by the words of your mouth. A lot of people have been snared by the words of their parents' mouths. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, the it sounds crazy to say, but I think the biggest revelation I had in 2020 was when I heard my family, I overheard my family talking about how that when, when Austin thinks about Samuel, he pictures me being like that the thought never occurred to me it never occurred to me this cheerful happy smiling all the time bundle of energy full of joy thought never occurred to me because i i sat at the kitchen table and heard them they sat me down i must have been like eight years old and they sat me down and discussed how that i was nothing but a problem child and they had the brochures on the military academies and which one are we going to send you to? So in my mind, I thought, I'm a, I'm a problem. And then when I got called in the ministry, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to be a problem for the devil. So I just kind of took the problem <laughs> and turned it, you understand, but still in my mind's eye until 2020. And, you know, people would fall out with me about this or that. And I just told myself, well, that's to be expected because I'm a problem. It marks you. It marks you. So be mindful and be careful of what you say to your children. And even when you don't think they're listening, because trust me, as they get older, they're listening to everything. I don't know if they're listening through the air conditioning vents or whatever, but, you know, they just know stuff. Amen. So you talk about your trials, you talk about your difficulties, you talk about your lack of faith, you talk about your lack of money, and your faith will shrivel and dry up. But if you'll talk about your wonderful Heavenly Father, if you'll talk about the Word of God, if you'll talk about what God can do, your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. 
If, you'll, if you confess sickness, sickness will come. I mean, just what, look what's happened to this country in the last 12 months. I read where Dr. Fauci had made over 300 television interview appearances in the last year. You know, America needs more Dr. Fauci like America needs more x lax And then an MD who's been very helpful to us in the ministry here sent us a video today, and if you want that, we can get the link to you. But professor of medicine at Texas A&M University says that if the focus had been on early treatment, 85% of the dead could have been saved. But you know, somebody's got to get famous. Somebody's got to get rich. And so they're talking, 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 sickness, sickness, sickness. It's amazing. I mean, I should not have to stand up here and spend 10 seconds trying to convince you that you're snared by the words of your mouth. An entire nation can be snared by the words coming out of somebody's mouth. Do you see it? You talk about the lack of finances and it stops the money from coming in. You talk about your doubts and fears and you destroy your own faith. So never talk failure, never talk defeat, never for a moment acknowledge that God's ability can't put you over. Doesn't matter what it is. Never, never yield, never give in, never quit, never give up, and never for a moment acknowledge or confess that God's ability can't put you over. Amen. Become God inside minded. Say it out loud. Greater is he, Greater is he that, is in me that is in me than he, than he that, is in the world. that is in the world. The problem actually with being word taught, Holy Ghost trained is things are so clear. And actually, I, we've been horrified, my family, we've been horrified at how Christians have wrecked their lives, wrecked their families, and wrecked their ministries in the last 12 months. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just horrified. I mean, people that I thought were faith trained. It's just amazing to me. Say it again, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So become God inside minded, remembering that greater is he that is in you than any force that can come against you. Remember that God created this entire universe with words. We know now you can destroy a whole nation with words. See, I thought... I thought I understood the power of confession. <laughs> but going through 2020, I have to admit, I had no idea the power of confession. And I thought I understood the power of fear. But having gone through 2020, I have to admit now, I, I had no idea the power of fear. But let me, let me flip this thing over. Fear is nothing but faith in the negative. And 
fear is to Satan what faith is to God. And whatever God has is stronger and more powerful than whatever Satan has. So if we look back at the last 12 months, and, and even though we're dumbfounded and astounded at the power of fear, why not turn that coin over and say to ourselves, well, faith's got a lot more power than that. Because whatever Satan's got is nothing but a negative counterfeit of what God has. Let me run that by again. What Satan's got is nothing but a negative counterfeit of what God has. So if all of this damage can be done with fear, well, how much could be done with faith? And that's not just true on the macro level, the national level. That's true at the micro level. That's true in your life. That's true in your home. That's true in your family. That's true in your business. That's true in this church, Faith Christian Center. I've just made up my mind. See, I'm being a problem again. <laughs> I've just made up my mind that I'm standing tall to the end. I've just made up my mind because Jesus said, you know, when I was a young man and I'd read those words, I, thought, I just thought, you know, that's pretty tough. But now I see it clearly. He who stands firm to the end shall be saved. Because when I was a young man, it was like, well, what does that really mean? Well, now we see it. I watched a documentary last night on Amazon Prime, it's just called Stasi, S-T-A-S-I. It's about the East German police and the methods they would use to control the population. It's exactly what they're doing right now in 2021 in the United States of America. And one of the, one of the words the Stasi used was the word disintegration. Disintegration. And that is if, they, if, you, were, if you were expressing views that they did not agree with, they would see to it that you were sabotaged in your career, you were sabotaged and when you tried to get into a college, you were sabotaged when you tried to advance on the job. The term they call, they used was disintegration. These are, these, nothing's new. I mean, they're just recycling stuff from the past. So I think where we're headed is you're going to knuckle or you're going to be all in with God. I think that's where this is all headed. You're going to roll over or, you know, put pronouns in your bio or you are going to stand with the word of God. Amen. 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 So learn to use words so that they will work for you and be your servants. Matthew 8, is it Matthew 8? Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. And it wasn't a rabbi. It wasn't a member of the Sanhedrin. It was a Roman centurion. It wasn't even a Jew. It wasn't even a, a member of the tribe. And he comes to Jesus and he says, my servant is sick. And Jesus, being kind, gracious, loving, immediately offered to go and pray for him. But the centurion said, just speak the word. Because I'm a man under authority, I'm a man of authority, and I understand. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and I say to that one, come, and he comes. So just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And that's what got Jesus' attention. Again, an Italian, 
uh, wasn't a member of the tribe. A member of the occupational army. Somebody you ought to, everybody ought to be offended at, right? And I, I mean, if, if the Chinese were occupying Texas, would you, would you be happy about that? Well, the, picture that in your mind. So this is an occupational army, and the Lord commends the faith of the centurion and says, I've not, I've not come across such great faith in Israel. But what was it the centurion was onto? What was it the centurion understood? He understood the power of words. He understood that inside every word, remember Sunday we were talking about seeds, inside every word is a seed. In fact, we said Sunday that words are seeds. And we said that's why we have to be careful how we speak to each other and how we speak over our children because words are seeds. So inside of words are power. Power to heal, power to destroy, power to make rich, power to make poor. Words are seeds. And so a lot of people, because they've not been trained in this, uh, without even understanding, they have made their own words their enemies. And when they open their mouth, they're loosing enemies upon themselves. Well, turn that thing around and learn to use words so that they will work for you and be your servants. Amen. One of the earliest things we, we did this on was the money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. The money's coming. And, and the people that work for me, how come, how come, Pastor, you don't hire more people? Well, I don't know what they're going to say. The people that work for me, if we have a bad week, a bad quarter, or a bad month, whatever, it's automatic. Well, the money's coming. Money's coming. Money's coming. I mean, I couldn't count how many months we get to the 27th, 28th, 29th, and I, I look at stuff and, you know, I ask a question and, and they're so trained. That's what they say. Well, the money's coming. And here it comes. Amen. So we create our own realities with our confession. Say it out loud. We create, we create our own realities, our own realities with, our with our confession. So learn that your lips can make you a millionaire or a pauper. Your lips can make you wanted or despised. Your words can make you a victor or a captive. Your words can be filled with faith that will stir heaven and make men want you. I mean, who wants to be around some negative person? You know, it was terrible. I remember back in the early 90s, very early 90s. We were under pressure. We were short somebody in the office. And I didn't have enough help, and I was under a lot of pressure, and the pressure to hire somebody, so you know how it is. We hired somebody. And I'm trying to show this person some things. Man, thank God, thank God, thank God. I don't do any of that ever anymore, thank God. And... I mean, before 8.30. And I was younger. I didn't have that problem thing under control as much, being a problem. And it wasn't even 8.30, and I said, oh, Lord Jesus, I can't do this. And I let her go. Paid her for the day, let her go. It was terrible. I was terrible. I admit, I should. But, but we get ourselves in these messes, 
because we feel like we have to do something. Look, the biggest mistakes you'll ever make in your entire life are when you feel compelled to do something. We need to chill out, go pray, calm down, go eat some bacon and eggs, bring down the blood sugar, amen, chill out, maybe take the afternoon off, then come back, fire them, amen, amen, or never hire them to begin with, amen, because just the words coming out of her mouth. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. I wouldn't train to do that. I can't do this. You know, I can only take so much of that. And then I got to pull the pin. <laughs> so don't do that to your children. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Say it this way. My children can do all things through Christ who give them the strength. Hallelujah. And so, you know, there were times my children would come to us even in college. You know, they were having a challenge with this or that. And I would, I would talk to them and tell them we're not all gifted in the same way. I had trouble with languages. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I learned Greek pretty easily because I was so interested. Hebrew was much more difficult, but, you know, I, I got through it. But, oh, my gosh, that was not a gifting. And so I would talk to my children about how, well, you may not be gifted in this area, but you're, you're especially gifted over here in this area. So my point is, I spun it. Even though there was something here that wasn't like top grade A+, plus, I spun it to find a way to brag on them. Do you understand? And not let one word come out of my mouth that might demean them. Amen? And it's true, we all have strengths and weaknesses. Amen? You know, anytime we were in Paris, we would say, what's wrong with you? You studied French for two years. You can't even read the subway signs. Well, uh, you know, I just mumbled because I didn't want to make a negative confession. It just wasn't my strength. Amen? But we go down the highway in Greece and I could read the uh, exits. So go figure. But that part of that's what you're interested in. You're more, you're, you're, you, even if it's not a strength, if you're interested in it, you tend to be more attuned to it. And I guess really I'm talking about children. Don't speak negatively over your children. They come home with a C. Don't, don't say negative things to them. The most we would do is ask our children, did you put in your very best effort? And inevitably they would say no. And we would say, well, we don't expect straight A's, but we want you to put in your best effort. And then, of course, then the grades would come up because their best effort was better than that. But we never demanded they got straight A's. I was probably just too lenient. I... I, I Austin went to school, TCU, Texas Anti-Christian University with a half scholarship. And I just begged Christina to take the classes and get a tutor somehow, bring that SAT score up. Nope. Then later she bragged that she was the retail student. <laughs> you know, 
And Pastor Gene's solution, I just go back to prayer and say, well, the money's coming. <laughs> the money's coming. The money's coming. Amen. Amen. So I was probably too lenient. But I figured the Lord had covered. Amen. And the Lord covered it. Amen. Amen. And everybody has different giftings. See, my point is, when it comes to your children, find things to brag on. Amen. Amen. Find things to brag on. Find things to brag on, to build them up. Don't tear them down. Build them up. Amen. And the same thing with a husband or a wife. Build them up. Amen. Now, we're not going to deal with lying because sometimes when your wife comes home with a new haircut or whatever, you can ascend occasionally. But, you know, you're trying to be positive. So your words can be filled with faith that will stir heaven and make men want you. Remember that you can fill your words with love so that they will melt the coldest heart and warm and heal the broken and the discouraged. Words have power. Tell your neighbor, words have power. power. Tell the neighbor on the other side, words have power. Words have power. You've heard me tell the story about getting haircut 25 years ago, and there was a guy, you understand, I've pastored so long now, they've all come and gone. And this was a guy from a famous organization, and he had pioneered a church somewhere in Arlington, and, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for my haircut, and he sits down, and he says, he says, uh, I'm so-and-so, and I said, well, okay, I'm so-and-so, and he said, uh, how, did, how did you get that integrated crowd? You've heard me tell that story. But the truth of the matter is, I don't think I've ever told the secret. It's, it's not hard. When you saw me Sunday win those people to the Lord, go back and listen to the way I spoke to them. That's how you do it. See, you love people. And they... Because even my mother-in-law, she's, you know, she, sometimes she says, how do you know they'll ever come back? And I say, well, they always do. But I t- I, the, the deeper answer is, you can teach and preach the word of God fearlessly and without apology if the people sense in their hearts that you love them. Amen. Does that make sense? In other words, it may seem like a strong word, but if they sense in your language that you love them, then they can handle it. Words have power. Words have power. And isn't it funny how that some of these people advocating this or advocating that, they can talk about things that would seem loving, but their spirit is full of hate. People can tell what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth. And the Lord can tell what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth. But as I just referenced, not just the words coming out of your mouth, but the spirit in which they're delivered. Amen. So learn to use words so that they will work for you and be your servants. So your words can become what you wish them to be. You can fill them with hatred, with poison, or you can make them breathe the very fragrance of heaven. It's really alarming what's happening in our country. 
I mean, it's really alarming what's happening in our country. Somebody's on trial for murder, I guess it was, and somebody, a United States representative fly from another state and try and stir up a riot. It's really amazing. You would think that elected leaders would be advocating peace. You would think that elected leaders, you would think people in leadership would be wanting to calm things down and not stir things up. You can see vividly what your confession can mean to your own heart. I had an event happen in my life in 1989, and in some ways I still cope with the fallout from it. And once I went to the Lord about it, these storms that rage inside you. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, well, just, just do what I did on the Sea of Galilee and speak peace to it. And so sometimes, you know, I feel myself worked up about something. I'll just get myself alone. I'll get, I'll, I'll get into a closet. I'll just get alone and I'll say, I'll say to myself, peace, be still. See, if Jesus could speak to the storm on a little sea, then we can speak to storms going on on the inside of us. And I don't know if you've ever had any of these people in your life. I wouldn't call it a blessing. Once Sue was, came in my office and I had a drawer open that's never open and she looked in there and she was horrified. She said, what do you have that for? And as a blood pressure monitor. And I, I sheepishly admitted, I said, well... Whenever I get off the phone with my mom, I take my blood pressure. <laughs> she was so horrified. So I don't know if you've, if you've been blessed with people like this, but some, some of us have people in our lives, and man, they can just in 30, 60 seconds, they can just wind you up like a clock. And how do they do that? Talk to me, how do they do that? Do they, is it telepathy? Like that lady in Florida and that, Kenneth Hagin meeting came in there with some famous preachers and turned to me and was shooting spiritual darts at me. Is that how they do it? Is that how they do it? No, they do it with what? Words. And it can't just be natural because how do they know exactly when to call? It can't be natural because how do they know exactly what to say to wind you up like a clock? And so the Lord taught me that. Just get, just get away and just say, peace, be still. And what is that? If you say to yourself, peace, be still, what are you doing? You're speaking words. And who are you speaking words to? You're speaking words to yourself. And when we get aggravated, how do we vent that? Words. Amen. So your faith will never register above the words of your mouth. Your faith will never rise higher than the level of your confession. So since your faith will never rise higher than the level of your confession, can you see that the words of your mouth are the governor of your life? You know what a governor is? You know what a governor is on an internal combustion engine setup? It, it limits your speed. And the words coming out of our mouths are the governor of our lives. They limit our speed. 
It isn't so bad to think a thing as, as it is to say it. You know, you've heard me talk about investments, and there was a point in the 90s, I guess it was in the 90s, Sue wanted to go look at this Parade of Homes thing, and we were in this model home up in South Lake or somewhere. Probably wasn't South Lake then, it was probably Colleyville. And uh, whatever was going on in the investment world, I wasn't happy about. I'm sure I was down. And I, she came one way in this house, and I came the other. She saw the look on my face. She pointed at me. She said, whatever you do, don't say it. See, a thought is not as dangerous as a word spoken. Because what I was thinking was, I'll never live in a house like this. But here we are in 2021, and if they gave me that house, I'd give it to Faith Christian Center. I mean, I wouldn't even spend the night in a house like that. But at that moment in time, my thought was, I'll never live in a house like this. See, but it didn't come out of my mouth. So a word, so a thought is not nearly as dangerous as a word spoken. And you've heard me, I think it was last Wednesday, I said Kenneth Hagin used to say that there's a vast difference between a bird flying overhead versus allowing a bird to build a nest in your hair. And so thoughts come to us unbidden and feelings come to us unbidden. If you don't believe that, you've never slammed your fingers in a door. In other words, thoughts and words that you knew were gone by the sanctification of the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> they just come back to you. Do you understand? So, but there's a difference between, in, in other words, these thoughts or the even feelings or emotions come, but that doesn't mean we have to dwell on them. That doesn't mean we have to verbalize them. I did something a few months ago in my office. I have no idea what I did. You know, probably shut my hand in a drawer. I don't know what I did. And I was, you know, carrying on glory to God and everything. And Sue came in and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm so proud of myself. I didn't cuss. <laughs> you know, in other words, because this stuff just comes to you. It's, it's in here somewhere. Where is it? I don't know where it is. But it's not in the spirit. I know that. It's in the soul. But just because it pops into our head doesn't mean we have to let it come out of our mouth. Because it's the words of our lips that limit the faith in our heart. Your faith will never rise above the confession of your mouth. And it isn't so bad to think a thing as it is to say it. Thoughts may come and persist in staying, but when you refuse to put them into words, they die unborn. So cultivate the habit of thinking big things and then learn to use words that will react upon your own spirit and make you more than a conqueror. And the best words I know of to do this are the words of God. Jesus' confessions proved to be his realities. And so faith's confessions create our realities. I mean, think about it. Jesus confessed that he was the light of the world, and he was, and he is. And the rejection of him just in our lifetimes has plunged the world into a new darkness. Jesus confessed that he was bred from heaven and is true. 
The people who have fed upon his words have never suffered lack or want. People don't even know what caused the Dark Ages, the so-called Dark Ages. It was because the Roman Catholic Church hid the Bible from the people. You understand in Paul's day, because most of the New Testament was written in Greek, around the basin of the, the Mediterranean Ocean, there were Greeks everywhere. And even if people weren't Greek, they co conducted a lot of commerce in Greek because, that, because Greek had been the em empire before Rome. So Greek was very common. And there were copies of copies of copies of the letters of Paul. But then the Roman Catholic Church took over and they copied the Greek New Testament into Latin and that's all there was. And the first people who translated the Bible from Greek into English were, were burned at the stake. They were murdered. That's the Dark Ages. Because the Word of God is life. And the more word you have, the more life you have. But that's true in our, that's just not true, that's not just true society-wide, that's true in our individual lives. The more word we have, the more life we have. Jesus confessed that he was bred from heaven, and it's true. The people who have fed upon his words have never suffered lack or want. His words build faith as we act upon them and let them live in us. John 15. Faith grows as we feed upon God's word, and faith grows as we take action upon God's word. I'll throw another one in there. Faith grows as we confess God's word. It's all about the Bible. And if you think the cancel, cancel culture is about Dr. Seuss, you're not paying attention. They're working their way up to the Bible. Just, was that this week or last week? Well, let me back up. Two weeks ago, there was a man arrested in the United Kingdom for preaching on marriage from the Bible. And this week, there was a man arrested in Finland from preaching on marriage and sexuality from the Bible. So this is not, this is not some theoretical somewhere, sometime might, could happen. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. Well, obviously the reason they're worried about it is because that's what has power. If it didn't have power, they wouldn't be worried about it. Say it out loud. Faith grows, Faith grows. as we feed upon God's word. Faith grows as we confess God's word, and faith grows as we take action on God's word. So Jesus' words were filled with himself, and as we act upon his words, his words fill us with the Christ. And what does the word Christ mean? I remember I was in Sunday school. Sue thinks this is so cute. I was in Sunday school. And I, they were good people. And, and I, I grew up in a great church, and it was a great Sunday school, I'm sure. But I remember I was just a little guy, and I asked the teacher, I said, why do they call him Jesus Christ? Was Christ his last name? And she didn't know. She didn't have an answer. And I don't judge her for that. I was just a little guy. Don't laugh too hard. And, uh, but Christ means the anointed one, the anointing. So the more word we have in our hearts, the more word we have in our mouths, the more Christ we have in us. And what is Christ? The anointing. And the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing is what makes the impossible possible. The anointing is what brings healing when it doesn't look like there's any way for healing to come. 
So Jesus' words fed faith and feed faith and cause it to grow in power in us. Hence, the believer's words should be born of faith and filled with faith. And likewise, the believer's words should be born of love and filled with love. And I believe that this is one of the greatest challenges we face is in the midst of what is and in the midst of what's coming to do our best. We ought to bring it back. I know it's trite. I didn't like it when it happened the first time, and here I am referring to it in a positive light. What would Jesus do? But we ought to bring it back this way. What would Jesus say? And let me tell you what, everything going on, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, Trump, Biden, dementia, COVID. (laughs) Listen to what I'm about to say. This is all theater, and it's all distraction, and it's all design by Satan himself to distract the genuine people of God and pull us off of what? The word. And you can be an Obamaite or you can be a Trumpkin (laughs) or you can be a Dementiaite and it won't pay your rent and it won't heal your body and it won't make a living for you and it won't heal a child. All of this is a distraction. And let me tell you something else. When I used to stand up there at I-30 and quote the quote, people, I'm sure they thought I was out there, but we have lived to see it come to pass. It is as true as anything in 2021. Smith Wigglesworth, the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century said, The word of God is true, and everything else is a lie. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.